At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. And the Neverland podcast you are listening to. Yes. Back to the Neverland Podcast. This is your pan, the host, Jeremy. I am coming from Planet Comic Con, and this is episode 67. Right now, we are actually walking in the door, so you're going to hear a lot of crowd noise. We're all holding up our armbands, but I've already seen a few costumes in here. There's going to be a lot of fun in here. As much as I can record, you are going to get to share with me. So once again, get your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some of that pixie dust, grab that happy thought, and off to Neverland we go! All right, clearly I'm very excited to share with you everything I was doing over there at Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City. But before we get started, well, of course, I do have a few things to go over. I would like to remind you about our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, our email, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com, our Twitter at Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast, our Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast, our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash NeverlandPodcast, our voicemail line 816-226-6492 also reminds you to join the Neverlanders become an official Lost Boy or Pixie over at the website just click on that Neverlanders link right there on the black bar on the website and you can find all the details about that it's very simple it's very fun it is an awesome thing to do and we love gaining new Lost Boys and Pixies all the time so why is it Lost Boys and Pixies and not Lost Boys and Lost Girls because girls are too clever they don't get lost. I'd also like to take this opportunity to remind you that I do have a guest appearance coming up on DAF Radio, which you can find out on DAFradio.net. Uh, At this time, I have not yet seen it updating onto iTunes with this episode. I was part of a panel talking about the Disney Afternoon. That is why, of course, it is DAF Disney Afternoon Forever. Go check that out. Great podcast hosted by Jason. Good fella. Uh, yeah, so that's the basic reminders we have, but uh, I, I've got so much stuff now from uh, Planet Comic Con uh, that I can't share it all in one episode. So I'm going to have to kind of break this up, split this up a little bit. Uh, so today I, I basically I talked to a lot of different groups, and then uh, I'm going to play a pretty good chunk of the Ming-Na Wen panel. Ming-Na Wen, of course, plays Agent Melinda May on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I do have two versions of this. I have, of course, the audio version I'm going to play. Uh, I do have video of this. Um, I will warn you, the audio, there's a you know some mild language uh, in there that I'm kind of going to let slide as a PG sort of thing. Uh, the video 
uh, we'll have at least one use of a word that uh, may be offensive to you. Uh, on the audio, I've managed to bleep that out using my good buddy Chewbacca. So, <laughs> but uh, there is a more complete audio that will go have. I'll keep that completely uncensored and run all the way through the Q and A. The video plus the audio I'm going to hear today for time wise, I did cut off the Q and A. Oh, well, some of it. You got a little bit of Q and A in there. Um, I am planning with the panels that I attended because they did run long and they, uh, some of the other panels, I did a, attend a panel with Sean Young, Gunn, Sean Gunn, sorry, uh, and uh, he is the brother of James Gunn, you know, James Gunn of course directed Guardians of the Galaxy, Sean Gunn did play kind of the second banana there to Michael Rooker's character, Michael Rooker of course was, uh, the head of the Ravagers, I, his name escapes me at the moment, but he was all in blue. You know him. You know, he had the sonic arrow. He could whistle and kill you with that arrow. You know, Michael Rooker, also from The Walking Dead. And a lot of his panel, people were asking questions about The Walking Dead. So when I share that one, not this week, but probably next week, I'm going to cut it down to specific comments and questions about Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Sean Gunn also was on Gilmore Girls, and he got a lot of questions fielded by that. And they were actually... Uh, being hosted by uh, I forgot his last name but his first name was Garrett he was on Star Trek Voyager I was not a fan of Star Trek Voyager so I didn't really pay attention but I did recognize him when I saw him I said oh hey uh, he did I think get one comment of somebody saying that that, that Voyager was their favorite Star Trek series uh, but uh, he didn't really get any questions and everything but he was hosting and that's pretty cool but uh, also I have audio from Carrie Elwes uh, you know, of course, from the Princess Bride. As far as I can think of, he hasn't done any work for Disney, but it was a great panel, and I did record both video and audio of that, and I will probably share that later as well. It's, it won't be quite Disney-related, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it. He is just as awesome, nice, and charming, and funny as you would hope he would be. He's a great guy. It was a great panel. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm going to be editing these down, chopping them down. Even uh, Karen Gillan was there. I wasn't allowed to get any video or photos of Karen Gillan, but I did get audio. Um, but she, of course, feel a lot of questions about Doctor Who, so I'm going to cut down to mainly what she talked about with Guardians of the Galaxy and probably share that with the Michael Rooker panel next week. If you want to be able to hear the entire panel from Ming-Na Wen and Michael Rooker, Sean Gunn, and Karen Gillan, and probably even the Carrie L. West, I probably will cut that down when I share it here on the podcast. If you want to be able to hear the entire panel, I am considering making these a bonus content that only donors will be able to receive. I need to make sure that uh, I find I have a way that I know, you know the email address of every donor so I can send them a link to the file. So I'm going to work on that. But of course, how do you become a donor? Uh, I do have a PayPal link there at NeverlandPodcast.com. Also, remember, uh, I have a, a Patreon link there. Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast where you can become a recurring donor. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. I you know need a little help with uh, being able to do events like visiting Comic-Con uh, like this. Uh, there is another Comic-Con coming up in August here locally, and I, I would like to attend that and bring you some of that. Uh, but of course, you know, I have to be able to pay for hosting and of course pay for these events. And for in order for me to bring that, it does help if you would like to donate. Uh, it is very much appreciated. If I maybe had had some donations a little bit more, uh, I could be there today and actually be recording. Somebody over out there might be interested, and Stephen Amell was going to be there having a panel talking about Arrow, which I was unable to attend. I could only really afford to go one day, and I did choose to go on uh, more of a Marvel focus today, yesterday. 
Um, so there's a lot more things I can do, but you know I am limited on my budget. But uh, you donors, you really do make a difference to be able to help pay for keeping this you know website going, the podcast going, and enable me to maybe go and get some more different things to share with you. Uh, so and also I'm going to find some new things to share specifically with donors like these. These, this bonus content of these extra panel, you know, full length because they're they're like an hour long each one, and it would take the entire show, and it would just so. Just keep that in mind. I am working on getting some bonus content. I don't know how often I'll be able to provide some full bonus content like that, but uh, there have been times that I've had interviews that have run long, and I did release the full uncut versions later on just for free on the feed well i'm going to stop doing that i'm now going to only release those to those that uh, are patrons i'm also considering you know i thought it would be fun on patreon uh to create uh, a certain level of a patreon that i will call a producer and the producers will be mentioned on every episode as, as a thank you uh for helping to produce this show so keep that in mind uh, but uh, I don't want to stand around y'all talking and just sitting here all day. I want to get back to the Comic-Con footage that I have for you. Uh, I do want to go through... I'll Normally I save my shout-outs and things for the end, but I received an email, and I want you to keep this in mind, um, that uh, Michael, and I think it's pronounced Komu, or Como, uh, he has an idea for Lego of a Pinocchio project. Uh, I will read you the full email during our feedback, but I want you to keep this in mind, and I, I do have a link there in the show notes that uh, you go check this out. He's got this really great, great video there that shows what he's talking about with making a Pinocchio marionette that you build out of Legos, and he's trying to get it approved by Lego, but it needs votes, and this could become an actual product out on the market. So I will read you his email later, but I did want to let you know, so you maybe take a look at the show notes. I've also got a few thank yous out there in the show notes with some photos that uh, I was able to take. Uh, some people that helped me out of the Planet Comic Con let me do some really kind of cool stuff, and I did want to give them a thank you, which is also in the show notes. I'll name them off here at the end of the show as well. I uh, also want to tell you about a great charity that Michael J. Fox has founded. It's Team Fox. And uh, they had a DeLorean out there. There are photos there in the show notes. Also, I do have a page that's a gallery on our news feed that I've just updated uh, where it has all kinds of different photos I've taken. Uh, I did try to set it up to where you cannot download these photos I have of various cosplayers because, you know, they're just general public. And I didn't think it would be right for you to just, you know, randomly download and maybe upload them in other places. You know, I did, you know, get their okay to publish them on my website. So uh, I would ask that you don't go and try to download, you know, somebody's particular cosplay just because you really like their cosplay. If you like them, well, that's awesome, you know, but don't go and downloading their photos and spread it around everywhere. I don't think that's fair to the citizen here in Kansas City who is the cosplayer who showed up. So anyways, enough babble from me. Let's get straight on to some great content from Planet Comic Con. The first thing I want to tell you about is a group called KC Cosplay and Photography. Uh, they have a website, kccosplayphoto.wordpress.com, uh, a Facebook page, it's under Kansas City Cosplay. Their Twitter is KC Cosplay Photo, of course, at you know, KC Cosplay Photo. They have an email, kccosplayphoto at gmail.com. I do have links, of course, in the show notes, and uh, they will, of course, give you the same information as you listen to them talk about what it is they do. So without further ado, here's the first recording. 
Okay, so now I am standing here with... Uh... Uh, I'm Allie Smith from Casey Cosplay. I'm Amber Bingham from Casey Cosplay and Photography. Alright, so there is actually a full cosplay group here in Kansas City. I did not know this. Absolutely. We just started up in May of last year, so not even a year old yet. Yep. Wow. Just a little baby group, but we're growing. We have about 600 members online and over 100 active members that come out to our different events. What sort of events do you do? We do charity events, we do media promotions, especially movie premieres. Of course, obviously right now we're out here at Planet Comic Con uh, meeting all the new local people and hopefully growing up a whole new generation of cosplayers and photographers. Absolutely. We've also been out here providing free cosplay photography for all of the cosplayers. Anyone that wants to come get their picture taken, they can come. Nick Shale is doing amazing photography for everyone and so that's been a lot of fun. It has. It has been a lot of fun. Um, we're actually growing. We're going to be doing other conventions around here doing Conquest. Um, we're going to be doing the Avengers 3 premiere at the Legends, um, Alamo, and AMC 20. Mm -hmm. um, I believe we're, we're going to Smallville Comic Con as well, and Kansas City Comic Con's coming up in August. So we've got a lot on plate, and we're always looking for more to do. So uh, when you all meet together, do you uh, actually kind of work on costumes together, help each other out with costume ideas and things like that? Or? As of right now, we do it all online. Most of it's online. We, we have a very large uh, Facebook presence. You can find us on Facebook at KC Cosplay and Photography. So we do a lot of uh, a lot of online brainstorming. You know, how do I make this stick to this? What adhesive should I use? How do I sew this to this? So we do a lot of that. But we also have a non-costumed hangout once a month where we just get to know each other outside of the masks and characters. And then we're also working towards having some workshops. We're looking at doing some sewing workshops, some armor building workshops. So those are all going to be coming up within the next 12 months we hope. Yeah, because somebody like me, I am not very crafty, and so I would do cosplay if I was good at it, but like, I'd really have to have a heck of a lot of help. Well, cosplay is not much fun without the people like you that appreciate it. You know, we love having an audience. We, you know, we do this because we love the characters, because we love the costuming, but also because we want to provide a positive experience for our fan base and for our audience. You know, there's a lot of people that might never get to meet their favorite character outside of a video game or outside of Disney World, but here we give them the opportunity to meet and interact with their favorite character, and, and to me, that's worth a lot. Absolutely, I love doing it. I love the smile on people's faces, and I love the the, the like laugh when they see, oh, you're. You did that character, you know? So it's it's You fun. have that moment of mutual geekdom where it's you love the thing I love. I love you for loving the thing I love. It's a really it's a really beautiful thing. And for me, I love it when little girls are going, Cinderella! I mean Aww. it melts my heart every time. You get a lot of calls to do a lot of birthdays and things? Um, we've had one birthday party, but not no, not really. We do like more bigger events. We prefer to do public events. events. Yeah. Oh, we've done Community. Cub Scouts. We've done some. Uh, we did an autism walk. We've done a brain cancer charity. We've done some stuff for Children's Mercy. Uh, we even did the SPCA event mm -hmm. um, where they have the Heroes um, Summertime Hero Camp for kids to do a camp with animals and they get to deal with superhero things as well. So yep. we go and do that every once in a while as well. We're always looking for new, especially charity or community events that we can come out and bring a positive influence to. Now the best way to get a hold of you to, for a charity event or anything, if somebody wants you to come do something? Well, you can um, find KC Cosplay. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Kansas City Cosplay. We have a website at kccosplayphoto.wordpress.com. That's also where you'll find our podcast. We're on Twitter at at KC Cosplay Photo. And, of course, you can always email us at kccosplayphoto at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Lovely to talk to you today. Right. Mm -hmm.
Yes, that's right. I'm at Planet Comic Con, and still people will not let it go. <laughs> yes, there was uh, while I was waiting to get into the uh, the event out there in the line, there were some girls singing some Disney songs. Obviously, some Disney fans. I did go and talk to them, and they were all wearing costumes. They had some friends. They were wearing costumes, and they had done a lot of uh, just simple at-home type of things, making some cosplay that wasn't super expensive. And I do have video of that. Uh, I have put it up on our YouTube channel. You can find links for that at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can go and see I, you know, a slideshow of some of the... Uh, the cosplayers, I've got some photos in there, all on the YouTube channel. I opened up a video. Uh, you get to see you know, the kit from Knight Rider fully lit up and going. Uh, you get to see some R2-D2s that we're going to talk about that are all lit up and beeping and rolling around. Fantastic stuff. But yeah, definitely go check out the YouTube video. I did put a link, I believe, in the show notes for that as well. So definitely check that out. But, of course, moving on, the next thing I want to talk about or share the audio with, is a company that's uh, out in Warrensburg, Missouri, called Cos Props, C-O-S Props. Now, he is getting a website built up, but it was not ready yet. Uh, and the only thing I can give you is his email address, Tony, T-O-N-Y-G-E-C-C-O, like gecko, with two Cs, Tony Gecko at gmail.com. He says you could follow him on YouTube, but I wasn't able to, to find his YouTube channel, and I have emailed him asking where they can find it, but I have not received that information yet. As soon as I get it, I will try to make that available to you. But he has a phone number, 660-909-2347. Now, you can give him a call. He can help you out with... Uh, let's well, let's see. He's got concept designing, sculpting, foam fabrication, silicone, latex, molds, uh, stone resin casting, and some really great airbrushing uh, work there. He had made a Groot costume, Predators, you know, from the movie Predator, uh, had done a really cool Iron Man, and he does them where they'd be like lightweight, so it'd be comfortable for you to wear. Uh, really great costume work and props and everything that he can make for you. So if you're into costume or anything or just interested in it at all, contact him. Go check it out. But I do, of course, have a recording of my conversation with him, which I would love to share with you right now. And so I'm going to share it with you right now. Okay, so now I'm standing here with... Tony Ackerman. And uh, you represent... Uh, Cos, Cos Props. Cos Props. Do you guys have a website for this? Yeah, we have a, we have a YouTube channel, and uh, we're building a website. Um, I recently owned a printing company, getting ready to sell it. This kind of just prop company kind of took off, so I just decided to go ahead and leave that and move on to this and kind of move on to just different avenue, which seems to be working pretty good. Yeah. Well, how do you explain what you've got here that you've made? I mean, this is impressive. Uh, well, a lot of the stuff is kind of, um, I work with a company called SmoothOn, and they are a, um, a resin and silicone mold company. Um, I met up with them after I was working on a costume once and uh, really liked their products. They liked what I was doing. We kind of went back and forth with some of uh, you know our products and whatnot, and uh, we've worked a pretty good relationship with them. And uh, the products are great, and that's how I work with most everything. I work with silicone, resin, latex, and a lot of uh, EVA foam, different millimeters and stuff like that. And uh, my background is in airbrushing and painting and whatnot. So, so you had to paint all this yourself? Yeah, all this has been painted. There's Everything here was all sculpted and molded in my shop. And so, I mean, do you, do you use uh, like a variety of materials in this or just me? Yeah, it really depends. And it really depends on the customer, the, what they would want. Um, if, I, if 
I've yeah, never done it, but impressive. yeah, if if I wanted to do a Groot that was a statue, I would do it in a resin mold. This is a costume wear product, so you want it lightweight, you want it something that the customer can wear, it's breathable. Um, this is made out of foam. Um, some of the other products like um, the Predators and whatnot, um, they're made out of a, a silicone and most of them are started with a latex, but we're working over to full silicone with some of this stuff. It's a little bit more breathable. Uh, the paint is so much nicer mm -hmm. and it, it lasts forever, you know, with, with the colors and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, there's, it, it's really just the colors and long lasting. With latex, it breaks down, it, you know, over about eight years, those heads are toast. With a silicone head, it's forever. It will never break down, you never have to repaint it, and it keeps its shape, and it's beautiful. So, so primarily, I guess you got a lot of cosplay customers? Yeah. Or, uh, uh, local fan films happening a lot? Yeah, we do a lot of local fan films and stuff like that. That's for a lot of the small stuff. This is our first, like, official con with a booth. Normally, we come in costume, and we're just, like, bombarded with people that take pictures, and we pass out cards and stuff. But the, the cosplay is really, really taken off in this industry. So yeah. we've gotten lucky enough that, you know, some of these other conventions, you know, um, Smallville, Kansas City Comic Con, Planet Comic Con, um, Wizard Con has invited us to St. Louis. They want us to come. Dallas Con wants us to come down, do some panels, bring some stuff. You know, just because it's getting really popular. Like here, they've opened up an entire section for cosplay only. Yeah. So because it's so big, and you know, we can we we shut down St. Louis Con one time just trying to get in the doors one time <laughs> because people were trying to get so many pictures with all of our predators. We just yeah. took the predator. We took three predators, so it was insane. But yeah, it's. They, you they ever, draw a crowd. You ever tried to make any xenomorphs? Uh, we are working on that. I got a customer that wants a Geiger. So yeah. Wow. That'll be in a spandex, and a lot yeah. of that is just pieces and sections. It's not like a full hardcore suit. Um, he's a small guy, so he's like four foot eight. You'd so have to be to sell perfect. that costume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the head will be lightweight. We're gonna do the inside just out of a poly foam, um, and then we're gonna do the outside shell in just a thin, thin latex form. And he wants the whole mouth and everything to open. Then you just got to introduce him to a predator, get some good photos. Yep, yep. Um, we've got another guy that's around this area. He kind of pops in once in a while. He's got an egg. So he's kind of loads it to us every once in a while. <laughs> it's just kind of hopefully our customers, as we go on, we can get more stuff and, and keep it going and, you know, kind of build the base here and hopefully expand with everything. So. Are you starting to do a lot of... Well, this doesn't look like plastic here. There's an Iron Man helmet. You know, y'all can't see me pointing at this. And I, you've got, the, I guess, the rest of it. But that looks like that's kind of a foam material as well, then. Yeah. Um, this this piece here, this is made out of uh, Simpact, or I'm sorry, not Simpact, but uh, Smoothcast 320. It's a, it's a hard resin. Oh. It's a prop resin. Um, it's the same thing that any of these other bio helmets that we have for the Predators are made out of. Um, you sculpt your stuff, and then you make your molds, and then you have this here, the customer wanted um, instead of the head being just all foam like the rest of the body suit is he wanted something that he could display when he was done wearing it. oh so yeah once we got done with this um, I'll take it back I'll finish it up he'll wear it to a couple more shows this was his first show he was super stoked about it <laughs> and uh, I'll build the rest of his little mount system for it um, we'll add some lights that he wanted for it That'd be awesome. and that was that's our basically there's little um, fairy lights that you'll velcro in and take out so he can take it back out and he can wear it if he wants to again cool. so yeah this was just kind of a special order for him um, we actually sell these like this that are solid cast um, we cut them apart if you want to wear them so it's that you know, we kind of make them a little, exactly you make them a little more universal 
So is this opening up to where you're going to start maybe doing some uh, some more Star Wars, like some sword troopers and things like that with this? With the Star Wars stuff, that's kind of a trademark thing with Lucasfilms uh. and whatnot. So the 501st kind of keeps all that stuff with, with them. But we do work with them on painting because a lot of those parts come blank. So yeah. we do work with the 501st and the Mandalorian clubs and whatnot, and we paint their stuff. That so, is awesome. Yeah, definitely. So what's the craziest thing anyone's ever asked you to make? Oh gosh, uh, I've had stuff all the way from, um, I, I do have a lady that is definitely, as soon as we get out of some of the con season, she wants me to make a mermaid tail. Um, it's a full silicone tail and it's nine feet long. She wants to be able to swim with it. That, that is awesome. I'd say that's probably the strangest. I wouldn't say strangest, but it, you're getting into some pretty elaborate stuff there. Yeah. But with that, um, it's the way it, the way it is. It, it, it won't be that difficult. It's just the time consuming of sculpting something so big. So. All right, and one more time, the website. Um, you can go to my um, YouTube channel. Just look up Tony Ackerman on YouTube, and there is tons of tutorials on there. And there, probably the next 30 days or so, my site guy will have a website that you can link to from there. But uh, Cos Props, if you look that up, you'll be able to find our stuff and definitely order whatever you want. And, uh, a lot of people just have problems when they want to fix things too. So yeah. we're a problem solver too. We, <laughs> we we bring a kit to these things. We fixed four or five people's costumes this morning before we were able before we even got a drink. So yeah, yeah, definitely check it out and uh, you'll see, we'll see you out there. All right, well, thanks. All right, thank you. I got who's it and what's it galore. You want thing in my box? I got twenty. But who cares? No big deal. <laughs> yes, they kept on singing and doing a lot of different Disney songs. Once again, that video over on our YouTube channel. The next thing I want to play for you, uh, this is a website. It is kcr2.com. Of course, this is focused around a local group here in Kansas City, but there is a larger group of R2-D2 replica builders. Uh, I, there's no other way to explain it other than they build R2-D2s, and these were amazing with some of the features that someone had put in, and it's all up to the imagination of the builder of what he wants to do. Uh, lights, sounds, movement, rotation, and whether or not he can bring in the uh, the third wheel and, and stand there and just amazing. They were so cool. I really kind of want to learn to build one of these myself. But uh, instead of me blabbing about it, why don't I just play the recording and you can hear all about it. This was amazing. Alright, so I'm standing here with... Uh, it doesn't say what your name is on your tag. Mike. And you are representing a really cool group here. Yes. It's the uh, Kansas City R2 Builders Club. We build one-to-one one one scale replicas of the actual filming miniature of R2-D2. That is fantastic. Now, uh, how long did it take somebody to figure out how you could get all these features going on? I mean, there's a lot of high tech. Well, there's uh, there's a there's original group was started years ago, and it uh, was one guy who just kind of wanted to build his own R2, and so kind of did his own research, um, just from looking at photos and whatnot, and deriving his own plans. And more and people, more and more people kind of got together, and the website was developed, and then eventually someone got access to the Lucasfilm archives, and so they were able to get in. With a, with a scale and start measuring parts, taking specific photos, and getting 
accurate, being able to generate accurate um, CAD drawings from it. So wow. um, the group is continually evolving. We're always coming up with new ways of doing things, um, just kind of bettering parts as, we, as new either photos come available or this or that. Um, kind of, we always seem to be evolving and getting yeah. better and machine parts and things like that. And it's come a long way. It's come a long way. So are basically a lot of you just you know engineers or computer techs? All, all over the board. Um, as far as the Kansas City chapter, um, I'm an architect. We've got some IT people. Um, uh, what else? We've got. It's kind of all over the board, really. So um, you don't have to be an engineer or electronics guy to be able to do this. As long as you're handy with building stuff and you're comfortable with it, anybody can do it, really. Wow. What's like the average cost that somebody invests in building one of these? Well, it kind of depends on what kind of materials you want to use. Um, you know, for, for instance, there, there's a droid over there that's built out of all aluminum, which aluminum is an expensive material. It's cool looking. It's, yeah. it's more realistic. But in the end, it's probably going to be close to like $15,000 to build something like that. Mm. Where if you were on the lower end with something like styrene, styrene's a plastic and that's probably the cheapest, most economical material you can build something out of. And you could probably build something out of styrene, something like that, for probably, you know, maybe 1500 to 2500 bucks or something like that. So it can be built. They can be built really inexpensive or very expensive. It just kind of depends <laughs> on what kind of materials you want. And then also like how many bells and whistles you want along with yeah. it. So just kind of like anything, it's just, you know, we tell people when they're starting to establish what your budget is <laughs> and that'll dictate what you can build it on. So. Yeah, I see a lot of them being controlled apparently with like PlayStation controllers. Right, yeah, we use uh, PlayStation 2 controllers and then there's just some other custom controllers that some people are using. Um, but yes, um, a lot of us are piggybacking on um, some of the people who uh, pioneered the PlayStation 2 controllers. But we do have some guys that know how to run, uh, that develop, you know, how to rework code and things like that. So we can modify the code and whatnot. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of smart people on the board. There's a worldwide forum. It's uh, astromech.net that uh, it's, it's worldwide has thousands and thousands of members. We're just the local Kansas City chapter, and we've got about I don't know, maybe 15 people who are building a droid at the moment. So, wow. so. so do you get a lot of calls to uh, do like Star Wars weddings? I haven't had any. Haven't had any yet. We do have a website, but we haven't had any requests for a wedding or anything. Typically, we stick to kind of charity stuff. Um, things like Comic-Con, Maker's Fair, stuff that kind of interests us um, in our own kind of hobbies and things like that. But uh, mainly, mainly we, we try to stick to um, uh, charity stuff. So like Which going is to, awesome. We're going to like Children's Mercy, visiting some of the kids there and stuff like that. So. Oh, so when you go to Children's Mercy, do you usually have some aggressive C-3PO to walk with them? Um, we, we, we do have a member that just recently finished a C-3PO costume, and he's been walking around here. I think he's taking a break right now, but um, he just got that finished and uh, he lives in Lawrence so I don't know how readily available he would be to, to come to Kansas City but well, that'll light up a kid's world. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so with some of the camp mechanics, I see uh, you got one open over here. Uh, I mean, is it, I don't know how complicated some of the servos are, you know, what kind of, uh, how complicated are these materials uh, for the inner workings? Um, I mean, some of them are pretty simple. Um, some of them are just a simple board, as you see over there. 
and that basically will operate a droid. It'll drive around as Dome will rotate and it'll make sound. This one here, a lot of the mechanics you see in it is uh, able for it to retract its center foot up into its body and then come back out. So he can be, look, he can appear like he's just on two legs, or let third leg can come out and three leg, in what we call three-legged mode, and then he can just sit like a tripod. So um, that's just we took the body off him just so people can see what it looks like and whatnot. But yeah, this one's a combination of wood, a little bit of everything. So this one's all aluminum. This one's kind of a hybrid of multitude of different materials and. That's why we always tell people who want to start to just kind of establish a uh, budget, and then yeah. that'll, that'll dictate what's, how you build it. So. Yeah, I would probably aim to keep it simple and just have one I could stand in the corner, just yeah. for just for a good talking piece. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people do do a, you know it's like a static build. A lot of people do do that, and uh, obviously that's cheaper because you don't have to buy feet motors right. and all that kind of stuff. So. But as long as you can have enough to maybe have them beep or light up a little bit, yeah, I'd be happy. Yeah, there's a lot of people who do do that. And then if you feel comfortable enough in that, with that, that's I guess where I'd start getting a little like, you know what, I need to do one that can roll now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try lot, it out first. Learn I it. think a lot of people probably would get it finished and think, boy, I really wish I had this thing moving. So, Has anyone got gutsy enough and actually tried to find a way to put like a like a film projector to like maybe just show a movie? Like, I don't know, put a Blu-ray player somewhere in there? You know, n none of us in Kansas City have, but I know on our worldwide forum there are people who have put in like, um, you know, projectors and things like that. And... Um, and it, it is really cool how they do that. Um, and there's some people who put a little camera behind the, the front eye and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And, oh, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, it's. It, and there's some people who've even you know had you know some of these panels will raise up and things like that, and you know they can have steam or or CO2 shoot out a little bit. Wow. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that people have done with theirs. So it's store a lightsaber in there to pop. Exactly. Yeah, you're just kind of limited to your own imagination and your ability to kind of design and build that kind of stuff so yeah. well that is impressive yeah thank you thank all you right. very much well thank you very much for talking to us i appreciate it appreciate it all right and once again the website is oh it's uh, www.kcr2.com all right thank you very right, much thank you Okay, I ran out of recordings of the girls singing Disney songs to go in between. But uh, now here comes the big granddaddy of all of the booths that I visited. This was the Rebel Legion Dantooine Base and the 501st Legion 70th Explorers Garrison. They are two local versions or chapters or branches. I'm not sure how they go it of Rebel Legion at rebellegion.com and the 501st at 501st.com. Of course, the 501st you've probably heard of. They are known as Vader's Fist. Uh, both of them do a lot of great charity work. They do authentic movie costuming, and they'll go and visit children's hospitals, do walks, runs. They had a great booth out there, which you can see some video of me participating in the booth. Shoot the Stormtrooper. I got to blast him with a Nerf gun, and the money was going to a great cause, something uh, called Caveman's Kids, where uh, a postal worker noticed a lot of kids that were on his route and a lot of kids out there who, who really don't get a Christmas and so it helps provide toys to those children. Uh, so it's a great cause and so I was happy to donate and get them to blast away at some stormtroopers at the same time. But without further ado, let me just go ahead and introduce to you Richard who represents both the Rebel Legion and the 501st Legion. percent Rebel Legion both. Well, I'm standing here with Richard Heffron, and you remember both the 501st and the Rebel Legion. You yep, just said. that is correct. Well, let's first let's talk a little about the Rebel Legion. This is um, I'd, I'd heard of the 501st before, but the Rebel Legion that's new to me. I didn't know there was such a Sure. So the Rebel Legion is the sister group to the 501st, as we we work together very closely. 
Uh, so obviously the difference, major difference between the two is the Final First is the Imperial costume. Right. The bad guys. <laughs> and the Rebel Legions, the good guys. So we focus around all of the uh, canon costumes and then some of the, uh, you know, theme costumes that go along with those canon costumes. So what does that mean, of course? You know, we're, we're looking at Luke Skywalker, Han Solo. We're looking at generic Jedis, uh, clone troopers. We, we also take some, like, Jawas and Tusken Raiders, which is kind of a crossover between the two. Yeah. Because they really don't fit in either one. Right. So we actually both take them. Actually, we both take clone troopers because at one point they were good, at one point they're bad, depending yeah. on your point of view. Uh, but, yeah, we center uh, very heavily around uh, the uh, Jedi and X-Wing pilots are, are the probably the two heaviest costumes. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, we do have those face costumes, but they're harder. You know, your Han Solos, your actual right. characters, uh, much harder to do, uh, much harder to pull off. Uh, so you see a lot of more of the generic characters, but they're the, like I said, they're kind of the canon ones, things you've seen on screen. Yeah. They're not those customized versions. Uh, you know, we get a little bit of play here and there with some of like the Jedi. You get a little bit of variation you can do. Yeah. But it's still fairly strict. You know. But so uh, yeah, you're looking at there at the uh, you know the, the good guy costume. So when somebody wants to join, do you actually kind of help them figure out how to make a costume? Sure, just like the 501st, we actually have a set of, uh, of uh, guidelines. We call them CRLs, the Costume Reference Library. Uh, both groups do the same process, that they have a defined set of rules. To exactly, and we got somebody squealing about R2 over here. <laughs> which, uh, which uh, a woman wearing an R2-D2 and a woman wearing a C-3PO, and they are just loving this little R2-D2. They're going crazy. <laughs> So the costume reference library is what we call it, so it's a, it was CRL. So what that does is maps out a costume for you. It tells you, okay, you want to be a Jedi, you need to have an inner tunic, an outer tunic, you need to have a belt, boots that match. Your boots have to be X height, not too many adonishments, you know, you can't have a bunch of buckles, crazy, no crazy colors, you know, things like that. You need to have a couple optional items, you need to have a couple pouches or, you know, an outer rope, things like that. So basically it lines it out for you, this is exactly what you need to do. Now, it, it, it's still vague. You know, because some obviously you, to fit in every little specific thing you can do yeah. is a little difficult. Now you go onto something like a stormtrooper; it's, it's cookie cutter. It's kind of hard to screw it up. You do this and this it. Yeah. Uh, so it really varies back and forth with depending upon the type of costume. If it allows any customization, it'll be a little bit more vague. So you'd have like uh, patterns and things that people could print up? Sure, yeah. Uh, for some of the costumes we do, uh, for a lot of the costumes like the clones or the Tuscans or, or anything that uh, requires certain parts, even Jedi, you know, we have uh, folks that, uh, that are part of the group that sell pouches or they, you know, they sell the, the cash for the face of a Tuscan Raider. Or uh, you know, it, some people even make the whole costume. You know, if you if you really are, are that the type of person that just can't make anything for yourself. You know, it, it, the group's for everybody. Yeah. It's anything from the guy who can take a you know a piece of scrap leather and turn it into something beautiful to somebody that has absolutely no skill whatsoever. And you know, some of the guys they start off they don't have any skill whatsoever, but over time they make a second, a third costume, and before you know it, they're actually learning some skills that they never had before. And we also share skills within the group. You know, even at a global level, but even at a local level. So, you know, we're always there, out there to help other people. You know, we want people to join us. We don't want to try to make it impossible. <laughs> you know, we want you to join, not run away in fear. Yeah. Run away thinking, how in the world am I ever going to make this costume? Exactly. Yeah, we don't want everybody to ever think that. There's always some place to get some help, yeah. one way or another. And boy, but I need it, because I, I tell you what, I'd be more tempted to join the Rebels than the Empire. Yeah, that's where I started off. You know, I joined the 501st as a second later on. I'm actually working on the Mandalorian Merc, which is a third costume in group as well. 
uh, you know, within the Star Wars universe. And bounty hunters are still considered, I guess, the bad guys, though, right? You know, oh, I, I always, I always kind of count them as indifferent. Say, whoever yeah. pays best, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, unfortunately, during the Imperial times, the Empire's got the money, right? The Empire's so. got the money. <laughs> Now, so I'm kind of wondering, is there a little bit of a hopeful competition going on with the new Stormtroopers we've seen for Episode 7 coming? Because, see, here's my thought. These Stormtroopers serve whoever is in power, right? Because, you know, the when they were clones, they were serving the Republic, even though we knew there was an underhanded going on underneath. During the time of the Empire, you have Stormtroopers clearly on the dark side of things. But now, we're seeing Episode 7, everything should be pretty well back to yeah. nice, kind of a well, new you Republic. Would, you would think, but then you also, if you follow within the, the old, uh, the, uh, you know, the expanded universe, the, uh, which is now called Legends. Legends, right. I hate that name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, Lucasfilm. Uh, <laughs> I actually said that by panel earlier too, uh, but you know, in in the uh, in the expanded universe, you know, there was an imperial remnant. They were still yeah. bad guys. Underground Anvil Thrawn. I remember exactly. reading that book. So if they go along that line of thinking, you can still go either way. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So there there could be like this little rivalry going on between the Five First and the Rebel Legion on who gets the new design. Well, as far as we know right now, it's going to be the Five First. Probably. If if the movie starts and we roll and we figure out that it belongs to us, we're going to go hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of hopeful that they're serving the Republic because when they show that the quick flashes where they're all together and it's you know like a storm or something they're all coming sure, out. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's some sort of incident somewhere on Tatooine. Something's happening. It's like well we got to send some troops in. Something's going on bad. Everybody's killed except for uh, the one black guy. I can't yeah. remember the actor's name. And when when we see him pop up, I'm hoping that's after that incident. Like oh my gosh, the Sith are back and they just wiped out all the whole troops. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's my hope. I want to see some good guy stormtroopers. We can we can hold out the hope. We'll see what happens. We'll hold the hope. I, I've kind of reserved judgment on the movie until right. I see it. <laughs> I am beyond, of course, excited. Of course, I have some time over with Avengers. Oh sure. But after Avengers is done, it's all ballistic. Uh, but you guys, I guess, also do a lot of charity work for them with the Five Hundred Oh, tons, well. tons. Actually, we, we pretty much, like I said, we work side by side. Uh, it's very rare where you'll go to an event where you'll see, you know, the Five First without the Rebel Legion there, especially in our area. We actually all the costuming groups, you know, they're the all five groups, which. Obviously, R2 is not necessarily a costuming group. They're actually droids. We don't, we don't have any small people in them. Uh, <laughs> even though that was in the original movie like that. Right. They're all robots here. Uh, <laughs> so we, we all work together extremely well, and it's not uncommon to go to most events that we do and see a myriad of characters across the board. Right. Uh, what events are coming up? Anything that people could help and uh, donate to or anything? So I'm trying to think out here Kansas City-wise. I'm actually from back in St. Louis myself. I know exactly what's going on there. I have to kind of think about it out here. I know we don't have anything coming up next weekend, but uh, the best thing you can really do is either A, you can follow us on Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, 70 Explorers on Facebook. If you go to 70explorers.com, we actually keep a calendar of all upcoming events. Awesome. And that'll tell you everything that we're doing. At least it's open to the public. You know, we do some right. private events that obviously some private events, that, yeah. that aren't open invite to the public uh, on, a, on quite a regular basis, too. So, but yeah, anything that's open to the public is always out there. And we try to promote any events we get coming up to the public. We do, you know, tons of charity walks. I know we uh, just, I saw the guys actually last night, we had a little small dinner with the con and just said, hey, you know, uh, during the winter, we have a little bit of a, a kind of lull there that we don't get a whole lot of events. We're kind of bored a little bit. Everybody gets a chance to recoup. And I got nine event requests in seven days. Wow. You know, for throughout the rest of the year. So, you know, get ready. Here it comes. Planet <laughs> Comic Con kind of, when it's this early in the year, I know next year's going to be in May. So, but, you know, once in March, early like this, it's like, hey, you know, this is kind of the beginning of the season for us. And yeah. it'll go all the way through Christmas. 
Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna be really busy come the next movie too. We are actually. I actually already got my first request for a theater for episode seven. The other uh, day. Like a, a movie showing you guys are gonna be there in costume. Yes. Where is this gonna be? Oh, so this is actually back in St. Louis. It's when the, during the opening of the movie. Well, it's only well, a sure. four-hour drive. Well, but, oh yeah. Well, but I, I, I almost guarantee you we'll be out here too. Uh, you know, yeah. that's, just, that's just the first request we got. I'm sure we'll get a lot of requests. Yeah, especially if your Probably ticket money goes towards charity to come and. Oh, I would, I would do it. Yeah. Oh. That, okay, so that's cool. So yeah. I will be looking on oh, that. Yeah. And everybody goes in. Yeah, definitely keep updated on the forum out there. Look at that some of the upcoming events and figure out what theaters will be at. I'm sure we'll probably try to divide and conquer and, and uh, try to hit as many as we can within reason. <laughs> yeah, and if you just go to rebellegion.com, I think you can even find your local groups. That's true. Because people may be listening who knows where. You know, oh, sure, show, yeah. So I mean, we're, find uh, your local you know, groups. Just like the 501st, we're worldwide. I mean, the, the only kind of we don't have anybody on is Antarctica. You know, uh, <laughs> well, you know, Five Hundred First should go there because, really, you know, they seem to fit in with taking everybody out who lives in an icy area. You well, know, well, send in a couple walkers. There actually, they at one point, there. there was a, actually a researcher down in Antarctica. There was a Five Hundred First member that brought a snow trooper and wore it once, awesome. just to say that we've been, we've actually trooped Antarctica. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> It's too bad you can't get like a big model walker that would just be awesome to set up down there, but yeah. There's no way you could haul anything that you know, Oh no. Taking no. it into pieces it would be a real pain to get to the airport. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I don't, has anyone ever tried to build a full scale replica of that though? So like there's actually we we've got a group in Belgium that they're part of the 501st. They actually have their own prop company. And what they do is literally just build Star Wars props. They have a full-size snowspeeder from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Wow. They have a full-size TIE Fighter, a full-size TIE Interceptor, a full-size TIE Advanced, and a three-quarter scale at it. That's awesome. And they keep building. they got an indoor bunker with a couple speeder bikes. They have a Hoth, uh, the uh, medical bay with the back, back to tank. Oh! they got a couple Java scenes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and they, they just build more and more and more. And uh, the best place to see those is Star Wars Celebration. I wish uh, I was Lucas going. Lucasfilm actually uh, pays them for them to bring that stuff out. For wow. us to get it, it's a little difficult because it's extremely expensive. Yeah. Because uh, they actually have to put it in a ship <laughs> and take it across the ocean and bring uh -huh. it over here. So uh, unless it's something we can work out where it's already somewhere else and we can somehow magically get it here <laughs> while it's already in the States, maybe we can do it cheaper. But uh, I'll tell you awesome. one thing. Next, so uh, this year we've got the land speeder from out in uh, the, our friends in Mountain Base. It's actually Luke's land speeder just around the corner. Oh, well, I'm getting a picture. Uh, we've got the uh, throne that Hallmark uses at all the Star Wars celebrations, some of the various conventions. Oh, it's, is that uh, the one that's on the other side of this? I got a photo of Boba Fett over yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I know next year we're bringing in Roxy the Rancor. Wow! So Full-size Rancor, with multiple posing faces and hands. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so that's one thing planned for next year. We're hoping to do a whole lot more. PCC is going to keep growing, and so are we. All right, and so once again, rebellegion.com. Everybody can look up their local groups and follow on Facebook. Exactly. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, there were a lot more booths that I did visit that uh, I want to tell you about, and on the show notes you can look and find some pictures. But uh, there is tothefuture.org. Uh, it's a drive to cure Parkinson's. It's part of Team Fox. It is the Michael J. It's a, it is a Michael J. Fox Foundation. Uh, this is where they're raising money for Parkinson's, and what they do is they bring replicas of the Back to the Future DeLorean out there, and you can get a photo with it. And I did get a photo with it, and you can see that in your show notes at NeverlandPodcast.com as well. Also, the news.neverland podcast.com uh, you can find also i've posted that photo there as well 
Also, I got a really great photo of this guy, Casey McBroom, from Shield Labs. Uh, he has a Facebook page, facebook.com slash shieldlabs. Remember, I before E except after C. Uh, you can email him at kc009 at hotmail.com. Uh, call him at 573-673-1575. He builds these brilliantly awesome replicas of Captain America shields, and he wore a fantastic costume of, uh, of Captain America from you know, the Winter Soldier where uh, it was a slightly different design. And at the time that I was taking a photo of him, Lo and behold, a woman came up dressed as Peggy Carter, and it was a great costume. So I got a picture of the two of them together. And so a special thank you for them letting me take a picture. And also, I got a fantastic picture of a woman dressed as Ms. Marvel and another woman dressed as Catwoman. And they were representing Facebook.com slash U.S.ToyMagic. Uh, it is for U.S. Toy. It is a store here locally in Kansas City, but they may have branches in other areas. It's a great place to find all kinds of different novelty toys, magic, Lots of different things, and I'm not talking, you know, Magic the Gathering. I'm fine. I'm saying magic props and things like that. And uh, there's people usually on hand that can show you a few tricks. Uh, so that was awesome for them to be there as well, and a big thank you to them. Also, there was Far Away Creations. They're located out in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, you can call them 970.364-6069. Sorry about saying dot. I'm reading it off their business card and add a dot in there. Uh, but that is for Cal Pierce. He is the owner. You can email them info at farawaycreations.com. Also visit farawaycreations.com. They had built a scene from Tatooine, had a perfect replica of Luke's landspeeder, a uh, lightsaber that you could hold while you were getting your picture with the, the landspeeder, had a Jabba out there, his, his eyes were lighted up, a really cool r2d2 and also a tuscan raider standing out there holding up his gaffy stick uh, and i got a great photo in there you can see that in the show notes but definitely go check them out and a big thank you to faraway creations for coming out there uh, they were raising money for uh for i think some charity as well but i didn't catch what it was either that or they were just they were accepting tips i think mainly uh they actually didn't charge me to get the photo it was pretty cool also, helping out KC Cosplay was another company called 29Pixel Studios. Uh, it is 29pixelstudios.com. And if you go to 29pixelstudios.com slash planet comic con 2015 or 2015, uh, you can probably find quite a few of the photos up there of a lot of the people who were getting they basically they were getting photos of people in cosplay uh, and getting some nice photos done. Uh, I did get a picture done, but I do not have it available just yet. I'm waiting for them to uh, email it to me. But uh, there was uh, one of their KC cosplayers was dressed as Little Mac from Nintendo's Punch Out or the Mike Tyson Punch Out to be specifically, and so. So I got a photo of him punching me in the face uh, as being the annoying – I was playing an annoying podcaster who was bugging everybody and asking questions. But a really great photo. So a big thanks also to them for getting those photos, which I will share as quickly as I can. But I wanted to give everybody a shout-out. Now, this show is about to run a bit long, but I still have one more thing that I do want to share with you this week. And it is the panel with Ming-Na Wen from Agents of shield and from there i'll just let it close out here um i do want to remind you all though real quick because i'm not going to get a chance to go through it but let me read this email that i mentioned before about the the lego idea and i do have a link there in the show notes and i ask you to visit but here's the email i received it says hello neverland podcast my wife and i are huge disney fans on lego's official fan set submission site we have proposed a pinocchio lego marionette that includes a jiminy cricket minifigure 
If the project gets 10,000 supporters, then LEGO will review the set and see if it would make a viable product. Supporting a project is free, so it's a win-win for everyone. We are really excited about this project and wondered if you would be able to get behind this by mentioning it or maybe even just tweeting about the project, which I did tweet about it if you're following us on Twitter. Uh, and we can all we can use all the help we can get to reach new supporters. Here is a link to our project. It is HTTPS. Uh, ideas.lego.com slash projects slash nine seven five eight three. I do have that link in the show notes. Uh, and basically, it just said thanks for your consideration after that, uh, Michael Como. Uh, okay. So everybody go and support that. It is very, very, very cool. I really – I got a kick out of seeing it. Uh, so I think you'll enjoy taking a look. He does have some video and some photos of what the concept is. But go and help him out. Uh, it would be really cool if this project becomes a real thing. He does need quite a bit of supporters, 10,000 supporters, but he has nearly a year to get that. But I think we can get that summed up if everybody just spreads the word. Okay, now this is going to be a long show. This is about a half hour long talking to Ming-Na Wen. And after that, I'll just play the uh, the outro for you and just get on out of it so uh i'll just go ahead and tell everybody thank you for listening download again next week i'll have more to share from planet comic-con maybe i'll try to get a little bit shorter show uh because this is going to be an hour and a half but uh god bless and remember to keep that because in your pocket with that young at heart good attitude so that you can share it with other people now enjoy ming na wen <laughs> and to the video clip. <laughs> no, not yet. I realized for the first time they wanted me to take my mother's place. So I sat down on the east where things begin. Well, I'll, I'll 
keep up to speed with you then, because I've been doing 3.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning all week, so we're about the same speed. <laughs> Let me ask, Joy Luck Club was the beginning of everything for you, in terms of notoriety and, and recognition. I've noticed on the, the discussion boards, the comment threads and stuff, especially since uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came over, a lot of comments on, as you get older, you get hotter. <laughs> and I say that word uh, specifically because it, it does have a double meaning. What, like the hot flashes I'm getting? <laughs> Just give me a warning first, and I'll step, I'll step back. So, yeah. But not, not only in terms of, of physicality, you know, the, the, yeah, and I know you have to keep in shape because of the show and all the stunts, but also in terms of popularity, in, in terms of Ming Na Wen's fandom as opposed to Agent May's fandom, because now you, I mean, this has opened up a whole new realm of people. I mean, you're on, you're on the radar for a lot more people. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's so amazing. You, work in a profession that uh, allows you to entertain people. That's what I love to do. And, uh, and in some ways, sometimes you touch their lives in different ways, whether it's the Joy Luck Club or Mulan or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, uh, you know, to be part of the Disney family was amazing already, but then add that on with the marriage of Marvel. Um, I, you know, I'm a geek girl myself. I was president of my science fiction club in high school. Woo! I played Dungeons and Dragons. And so to be at this, where I'm on the other side, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And to be hot while I'm doing it. <laughs> Where, where did you feel a turning point in... There are some actors at some point, they feel like they've made it. Mm. And I know that there's a quote from you on IMDb talking about how you don't ever want to be that, that actor who's ungrateful or... or you know, no, you always want to feel like... Just say that. <laughs> did you ever... Have you, have you had that moment when you look at it all of this and you go, this is just so surreal. Um, all, all the time. I, I, uh, I think what's remarkable is to be given these incredible opportunities um, and, and have the chance to do what I love to do, first of all. Um, I, I, I tell everyone, you have this one life to live, unless you believe in reincarnation, which I also do, so that's kind of critical of me to say, but uh, I only have this one particular, this one at, at this present time, and it's really important to follow your dreams and, and just live out your life the way you want to, and I love coming to these cons now because a lot of people come to these events because it's what they love, it's their passion. And it makes you happy for this weekend in a way that, uh, and I love meeting the fans. It makes me really happy, and, and it just makes me go gaga crazy when, you know, the fans are so excited to meet me. Because I'm like, why? <laughs> so, yes, I'm always grateful. 
always grateful. Well, and you, and you mentioned that it, it's it's almost like you're on the inside of it. You don't you don't think about how cool it is what you do because it's what you do. You know, and you know, I've had I've had people talk to me and you know, oh, you get to talk to celebrities, you get to do this, and they go to these conventions and all that. What you do is cool. And I think, well, yeah, I guess it is. But and, yeah, it's not right off the top of my head because this is the job. And but this is the coolest moment you've ever <laughs> had. <in your> <laughs> Talk about Agents of Shield. You're a slave driver, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> She's already on. Um, no, it's it's so weird. It's almost like an out of body experience because when we're in the trenches working 12, 15 hour days, and um, there are lots of moments though when I look around and I see our sets that are so incredible. You don't understand. Our set designers and our set construction. People are like our little elves, you know? One day it's just an empty sound stage, and then the next day we go there and there's like the Arctic, or there's like some special, um, amazing underground hidden uh, hydra place, or whatever it is, you know, or a cave. It's remarkable what they do, and they do it with such fine details. Um, but we're in the trenches, we're working. And I, I noticed the wardrobe the wardrobe crew has, has broadened their horizons a little bit for you because you were wearing actually a black denim shirt in the last episode. <laughs> as opposed to the body You noticed. I did. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about you know, looking around at what you're doing and all of that. We see you posted on Instagram and the social media, all of you guys cutting up and taking pictures with each other and these selfies. How well do you actually get along on set? It's all an act. <laughs> We're actors. <laughs> uh, we love each other. Um, of all the years that I've worked together, and I've been very fortunate to work on a lot of great shows with amazing cast, you know, ER and um, uh, I have so many friends, but this particular cast and executive producers and writers, we, and our crew, my goodness, how much do I love them? They're all remarkable. And, and because we work so hard together, and sometimes we see each other more than we see our family, you know, it's really important that we get along so well. And do the writers tell you ahead of time anything that's coming, or do you, do, you don't find out until you read the script? They only tell me. It's in my contract. No, they don't tell us anything at all. They're, Mar I always keep saying it, it's my new mantra, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. You, you think S.H.I.E.L.D. is very secretive, or Marvel is S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> life imitating art, art imitating life. It, they don't tell us anything. We have no idea. We have two more episodes to shoot. I'm dying to find out. You and Clark Gregg, your characters, Ooh. obviously. Uh, Clark, Clark. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, my buddy. Yes. <laughs> May and Colson obviously have history, and it hasn't been entirely fleshed out in the show. Have you, have you two sat down and gone through and made up your own backstory, or do you have something there from the, from the writing team that says, 
This is how you met. This was the mission. Because we get kids. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We have. A, we we do definitely. Colson and May have an incredible um, back history, and they've worked together uh, really during the academy. Basically, that's how they met, and and they've done uh, quite a lot of missions together. Um, and uh, you will get to see some of that in the later episode. <laughs> We do, we do, we, because, uh, you know, our fans are so social media savvy, and uh, um, we, between the podcasts and the bloggings, and uh, yeah, we, we, we do try to keep in touch with our fans as much as we can. I'm going to have, if you guys have questions, do you want to start lining up? Because I'm just going to do a lot. Are you guys scared of me? Because I, I see like everybody's sitting really far away. I'm not, not going to hit you. It's the VIP section. So far away. Well, um, the relationship is going to be complicated when your ex-husband shows up here in the next few episodes, because that's going to blare underwood. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, like, I can't say it. I can't tell any, but let's just, they, they've, all, they've all had history together, so that's all I can say. I hope I can say that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any, uh, I don't see any laser targeting sites on you yet, so. Okay. Your ass I'm gonna kick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's start, let's start over here. Alright, this one. Alright, so what were some of the challenges that you faced while filming the episodes, and what was the most rewarding experience about that as an actor? Um, okay, uh, the first part of the question, did everybody hear? Yeah. 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 Um, it, what was the first part? <laughs> trying to have a thread of where our character is, who knows what, who doesn't, because we don't know. So a lot of times, like, like for instance, when Ward became Hydra, we had no idea. The entire season we've been playing it straight, not knowing, and then boom. So that kind of stuff is interesting for an actor, because we're as shell-shocked as the audience is when it comes to really finding out. Um, but uh, the challenging thing is definitely the physical stuff. It's it's a lot of a lot of work, but it's also the most fulfilling. I love my fight scenes, and we love your fight scenes too. Thank you. <laughs> we played the clip of you fighting Agent Thirty Three with the mask, so you're mm -hmm. fighting yourself. How complicated was that to make? Because a lot of it, that was... it was one of the most challenging because it was the same episode that I also had to learn ballroom dancing with Colson. <laughs> <laughs> all together and uh, and then having to learn both sides of the fight scenes and long hours and, and changing clothes back and forth but yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun though i i loved it i want to expand on what jason said earlier about backstory and things like that um i did read on the internet as we know anything on the internet must be true um that you weren't really given a backstory for Agent May, and you felt that helped add to the mystery of her character. Yeah, I wasn't acting. 
But as the series progresses, we're seeing little snippets and things like that. Um, have you had any input these days saying, well, I don't think May would do that or things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a collaborative effort, and uh, but they, our writers and producers in Marvel have very keen ideas about each of the characters and, and the plot points and how it connects to the cinematic uh, world of Marvel, uh, like how uh, our episode coincided with Captain America the Winter Soldier with the demise of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I do believe we have some connection of some sort, I don't know what, I wish I did, with Ultron coming up as well as So it's all very interconnected. Um, so the two questions there that that prompts, oh. are any of you going to be in Age of Ultron? I know everyone asks that question. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> that doesn't mean somebody didn't talk to you in person. Did it feel easier after that reveal and every, it was all of a sudden like all of the lights are on and everybody went, oh, now I see what we're doing. Well, with any new show, it's, it, there's some growing pains, you know, while the writers figure out the characters, the actors figure out the characters and what's going on. Um, so that's a legitimate situation that happens with any series. But uh, with this one in particular, it was a really, really tricky situation for the writers to to kind of keep it at bay and pace it out so, and it was so great. I mean, I don't want to bore you with the schedule of ABC's, you know, scheduling us two weeks on, four weeks off, two weeks on, one week off. It was insane. Um, but somehow it, it's all worked out and, uh, and now, yes, it's a lot freer for us to be able to be more serialized series as opposed to a standalone series, you know, episode series. Welcome to Kansas City, and thank you for hey, taking time out thank here. thank you, But this question is coming from my wife, who was a jazzercise instructor, couldn't make it this morning, but she really was happy to see that you were coming here. She admires you and the other cast, and most of the other uh, female roles are now being strong, aggressive, kick-ass kind of characters. And she says, thank you very much. She really appreciates it. Appreciates it. And she brought you, so she had me got you some. Ah, so. Bless her. Thank you. Yes, of course. I, I collect beaded bracelets from fans. So. Thank you. Come here. Yeah, it, it's a. It's just I love beaded bracelets. I love stone and. Uh, it and wood, and so I, it's just a lovely way to connect with the fans, I feel. And also get a gift. <laughs> yes. Hi, um, I want to 
everybody, like the cast and the crew, you all get along so well, and are like a second family. What are some of the best pranks that you've <laughs> Pranks played on sets. Yeah, I know, we, we're so tired, we don't play them as much anymore. Um, uh, Clark, Clark had a good one last couple of weeks. He brought in a fart, um, fart noise maker. <laughs> and Chloe played along, so whenever he, he pushed the button, and she would just be like, Oh! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. And then that would be like really loud, ripping. Like, <laughs> was really funny. And, then, and then it became just a fart day all day. <laughs> Yes, we're very professional. <laughs> we're shield agents. Yes. I, um, I was curious of how you felt after uh, the season break, like uh, finding out that uh, Sky was becoming a... Inhuman. <laughs> yes. Um, well, after, after the last episode, shooting the last episode, I was very relieved because I could get some sleep. <laughs> That's one. Um, and it, it, we were really, really excited because I know the fans have been asking, you know, as much as they love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what we do, everybody is waiting for characters with superpowers. And the fact that now we have them and one in our own family myths, it's... Uh, it was a very exciting time. And there's a, I mean, the episodes that are coming up is really kick-ass. Now, do you watch the episodes of some actors that can't watch themselves? Don't they you see me live tweeting it? Everybody's like, oh, dance. Yeah. <laughs> it is a pinch now. <laughs> but, I mean, how do you feel when you're, when you're sitting there? Do you critique yourself, or can you sit back and just enjoy it as a fan? It, it blows my mind because a lot of times, especially this year, everything has been so fragmented. You know, a lot of us are very separated as far as uh, each storyline and what days we shoot. It's not like the first season when all, it was the gang of six, like almost like the A-team or something, we're always together. Um, this, so whenever I do watch a new episode, I'm like an audience member. Because first of all, it's like three months ago, because we took that little hiatus break for Agent Carter. <laughs> and then to be able to see it and see how everybody else were doing in all their scenes. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm like a, a fan too, it's weird. I, I now have a mental picture in my head of Agent May driving BA's van. <laughs> <laughs> BA's van from the AT. First of all, I would love to say that your shoes are amazing. Second, I would like to ask how satisfying it was to drive a nail into Ward's foot. Because <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments. Right? Also, I mean, I'm always a DIY home improvement. <laughs> Um, it was great. 
It was one of the most uh, satisfying and fun fight scenes for both of us. Yeah. It was great. And I imagine there were a lot of people at that point who were ready for you to tell it. They were surprised, they were surprised that the nail didn't But you know what? Hair. There's a lot of female fans and, you know, that just love war. They just want him to be redeemed. I don't understand. <laughs> He's much more interesting as a villain. He's so much more interesting yes, as a villain. Yes, much better yes. character as a villain. Yes. Thank you. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Charla. Hi, Charla. Uh, um. Hurry up. <laughs> oh. When you heard that you were gonna be in Mulan 2, how excited were you? Very excited. Uh, because, you know, I love Mulan, I hope you do too, and I just wanted her to, you know, have another... I'm, I'm hoping maybe there might be Mulan 3. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was very, very fun to, to see her and Shang finally hook up and get... <laughs> And then we torture you guys with storylines that you don't want. <laughs> Joking. Um, hi. Um, first, I want to say um, that thanks to your show, it really, uh, my mom and I watch it together, 
and it really helps us all. So that's nice. It's us having our nerd moment together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy good. <laughs> you got a cool mom. She is cool. I have to. I'm still trying to explain to my mom in Chinese what the hell I do for a living. <laughs> because even though we've gone to the 9 o'clock time slot, it's still such a family uh, show, you know, of all ages, and, and it's, it's amazing. And you realize that when you, you do see the fans and you see the range of, uh, you know, of who and what, I just, who and what? Yes, dogs love us too. <laughs> Wondering, because uh, part of my question was already answered about uh, Agent 33, uh, the battle scene that you guys had, but um, I'm wondering, um, when you play Agent 33, how do you make her distinctive from Melinda May? Uh, I, I, I approach it like any other character. You know, Agent 33 was uh, brainwashed, tortured. Uh, she was a great S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, so she still maintained those skills. They didn't erase that part of her, her memory but who she is and who she had to comply with to, it was very, you know, altered. And so unlike Agent May, who is very opinionated, knows what she needs to do and have uh, an agenda, um, Agent 33 was really like this lost puppy, this shadow of a human being trying to figure out um, who she is and who she's supposed to follow and has no opinions of her own. Um, so I, I take you know, each character based on their core being. So I, I took a lot of myself for Age of 33. Ward and 33 have not been in recent episodes. When are we going to see them come back? Uh, they should know they'll be coming back very soon. Okay. Yeah, and they're very pivotal to a lot of the plot lines. So, okay. yeah. Yes, sir. Hi. Um, I think I'm one of like five people who actually like the Final Fantasy movie. Yeah, so I'm very proud of that. 
and pioneers. I remember when, we, when I heard that you were doing that voice. Uh, I think you were on ER at the time. Uh, and I thought, well, she's on ER, why is she doing a genre show? But, they, but you're, you've done a lot of genre. Street Fighter, uh, you were the, the original Jim Lee. Uh, you've done a lot of voice work uh, in animated and video game stuff. Are you drawn to any one particular genre or anything? I mean, do you like doing pays the most. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, you do voice work, uh, do you feel it's like less pressure as you can like, do it with your hand if you want to, or is it more pressure because it's just you? Just your voice in the studio. No, it's like the best of both worlds. I don't have to deal with any other actors. <laughs> uh, it's I love doing voiceover work because one thing that I there's no pressure is especially when on our show sometimes I only get three four hours of sleep. You go to work at five in the morning and then you're on set at seven. Yes, it takes me two hours to get this. <laughs> people, I'm really a black woman. <laughs> it, what, what's so great with voiceover work is I don't have to worry about hair and makeup. I can show up in my pajamas. You know, I always say that the people that I envy most of all were the Simpsons, the actors who voiced the Simpsons. Because not only did they get to play in that arena, but they got paid. Wow, that was the best of Now, I, we talk about uh, crossing over into other shows, you know, because uh, genre actors generally tend to show up in, uh, in more than one. We were in Eureka, we were in Stargate. Uh, I know we only had a very short run of that show. When, so when are we going to hear you in Star Wars Rebels? You can only dream and hope and, and... It's all part of the Disney family. That's right. <laughs> Hi. Um, when Agents of Show began, uh, you know, Phil Coulson was already kind of in the character. He'd been in a lot of movies. Was that overwhelming to, uh, you know, start up with him as, since he already has such a big following already? Are you... was, it, was it intimidating, yeah, to, it was intimidating. to be working with the established Agent Coulson, yeah. and now all of you are new characters coming into the Marvel? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, because I was such a fan of uh, Avengers and, and all the Iron Man, all the movies. Um, but Clark made it easy. I mean, he's just such a super guy. He really is. Can't, can't say enough nice things about him. Um, but, you know, I, I think I was even more intimidated, really, to work with Joss Whedon. He was so busy with Ultron, but he reads the scripts, he gives his notes, and you know, so his his presence is in an omnipotent <laughs> as, as it should be. <laughs> um, how did you first react when you found out what was Hydra and the sky wasn't being Now it seems like May is going to be the one to kind of 
Shepherd her a little bit more? Are we going to see a little bit more in, in the realm of meditation and, and anger control, kind of like what we saw with Bruce Banner at the end of the Hulk? Yes, she, she, uh, in the last episode, she was trying to get Sky to stay calm and focused. You know, that's, that's part of uh, her training Sky as an SO. Um, it's, uh, you know, she's. She, she has definitely a lot more. It's so hard. I, I hate answering these questions because I'm always, I sound like an idiot. The, 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 can I say that? My, my brain is going, can I say that? I can, no, no, can't, no, can't. Shut up. <laughs> well, me and Sky have had quite a bit of an arc. You guys have evolved into, I mean, well, where yeah, you started. From, from where I just didn't like her, thought Colson was crazy to have her on board, didn't understand, but, you know, she's like a good soldier. She follows what he has. Um, and then, and then to find out that way she's actually working for Fury and looking over Coulson and knew all along and put the team together, it's like, what? So, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPcast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Good night, Neverland! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.